this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus <laughs> Fargo Season 5, Episode 4, Insolubilia is over, but here on Post Show Recaps, we are just getting started. My name is Grace. I am not Mike Bloom. Mike Bloom gallivanting across the United States this week, uh, and uh, Latanya Starks also not able to join us. So I am not alone. I am joined by Austin. Austin, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing great. Uh, I heard there were going to be pancakes. Mm, yeah, we can make yeah, we can make some pancakes. Yeah. Can we make some pancakes. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm excited to be here. Fargo is one of my like uh, favorite shows of all time, and I'm really excited to to chat about this really exciting season. You can have pancakes when you cover when you get all that blood and mud off of you. Oh, true. I, yeah. I did, you know, uh, you know, not take enough time to really like clean up, spruce up for <laughs> this whole endeavor. So uh, appreciate you putting up with my. Uh, ritualistic uh garb here yeah um i too am a big fan of fargo obviously we're covering it here on pushercaps.com slash fargo i believe is the um url where you could subscribe to the feed make sure you don't miss an episode you can also just search fargo post recaps in your podcatcher of choice 
Awesome. We are four episodes in three weeks because they dropped two episodes on that first uh, first uh, premiere night. But what are you making of Fargo season four so far? Or season five? Sorry. It's been, yeah. yeah, it's been really fun. Um, I've, I really enjoyed sort of the, the return to form. I think uh, you guys might have even talked a little bit about the fact of like, you know, the, the odd numbered seasons, which are the ones sort of set more in the modern day, like very much strike the vibe of the the film much more so uh than the couple like diversions back into the past that we've done in seasons two and four but i've just really loved the the pacing the complexity of these characters the, the particular like tone and style of fargo is just something that feels very unique and uh both like a warm blanket like something very familiar to come back to every couple years uh with these seasons but also like increasingly wild and unexpected um with the way that it uh, turns and incorporates, you know, uh, odd uh, mythology and philosophy, and it's it's just really exciting uh, setup here. And the characters I'm finding really fascinating. It's just been a really interesting start to the season, and it feels like we're kind of like on the cusp of the real boiling point. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I will say about this show is that I feel like it's been boiling since episode one. I feel like. Uh, well, I mean, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to like slander your metaphor because I think it's a good one because I think that there's more to be ratcheted up. But I feel like that episode one is so tense and there's this show and I kind of loved being thrown into the action and not understanding why we're in the action. I think is a, is a thing that not a ton of shows would choose to do. And then to leave us last week on sort of the cliffhanger of the double home invasion and we immediately get that scene, at least one of them fully played out this this week the other one a little bit more uh sub subdued if not as sort of nerve-wracking as that episode one but there's a lot happening um and i feel like while also not i don't know that we fully understand i don't know if we understand anybody's motivation other than wayne <laughs> and, and gator to impress his father and then i think the law of to like do law. everyone else i'm like i don't know what they're up to and i i really <laughs> enjoying it as like i think that i think the tensions even though they are high can increase further and uh also will be provided with some more clarity about what happened with uh nadine as we now know her and 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 roy tillman that has her so scared to talk to the police um, yeah it's it's really interesting like i fully agree like it is very much like we are on a simmer that is like on the cusp of, yeah. of like we have been like it the more we kind of add to this to like the higher the water gets towards the edge of the saucepan it's like there's not much room left to go before this is all going to boil over i really thought we might kind of get more uh sort of like explosive repercussions this week with where we left off with the double yeah. invasion yeah but i actually kind of like that like that was subverted and we're kind of like waiting a little bit longer we're sort of seeing that tension like increase we're seeing the you know dots situation within her family like getting more and more tense as this external threat is bearing down on her and she's not you know acknowledging the the full danger of it to the people closest to her um it, i think puts it in a really interesting situation as we're heading into you know, the back half of the season yeah well let me give a bit of a quick plot recap and then we'll dive into the episode uh wherever the conversation takes us so bad things don't happen to good people dot says to scotty but Dot does make sure a lot of bad things happen to Gator and his goons as she fends them <laughs> off, uh, though it does come at the expense of Wayne being electrocuted and falling or perhaps being pushed off the roof. Uh, oh, and the house got fired, too. 
Uh, Indira and Wit learn of the incident and try to follow up, but once again, Dot wants nothing to do with the cops. Uh, the FBI also seemed to have learned of Dot's identity, uh, that she's now, Nadine is now going under the name Dot, as well as um, uh, the, the cops Lorraine also um, and Danish Graves sort of are also intrigued by what might be happening with Dot. Uh, and 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 Wayne. Um, we do see Mulch enter the home and then later have a nice uh, soak in the tub um, and uh, and spout off some words about that I mostly didn't understand <laughs> about kings and the cost being death, life for life, me or you, and then asking his mother for pancakes. Finally, Roy returns to his home after he was mumbling on about the Midnight Man waiting for him with the serpent tongue and then heads to the house to find that his children are safe and sound, but there is a symbol written over their bed. At the end of the episode, he goes to visit Joshua, the man that he had visited earlier, who was abusing his wife. And when the man sort of holds him at gunpoint, Roy gets the first shot and kills him. Um, this seems to be a cover up for, so for uh, mulch so that they can um, basically have the cops and the FBI not on their tail and can search for mulch without the fear of the cops and the FBI on their back. Uh, uh, Roy also tells the wife of this, uh, of this, of Joshua that uh, she has a friend in Roy and he heads off on his horse. That's basically where we end up. I would totally agree with you that I think I was expecting this episode to be for there to be a lot more in, in this episode. I don't think it's a bad episode of, of mm. the show. Um, but I think it keeps us in the mystery longer than I thought to the point that like, I feel like two characters are like speaking basically nonsense, more mulch than, than Roy. Um, but they're sort of having these like epiphanies while they're sitting and, 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 and listening. And so I don't know that we got a lot of answers in this episode. I don't know that we mm. learn much new um but it is a fun episode austin i think to try and figure out like yeah what is mulch what the hell is he talking about in the bathroom <laughs> and why does it why does um dot not want anybody involved as yet another incident that nearly kills her husband occurs yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a little it's a little hard to like uh you know just weasel your way out of this one but she's trying her best to, to keep it under wraps yeah i mean do we want to start there do we want to start with uh sort of this uh, scene in of the home invasion in the house and yeah. all the fallout with, with Dot and her family. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, so we basically get almost like, you know, a repeat of episode one um, where Mulch and the guy who ends up with his head in the toilet uh, end up like dying um, where she's pretty effectively able to fend them off. Loved seeing the sledgehammer come into use. Um, this mm -hmm. one I did feel like, I think the first one is is so much more tense but the big difference is that like wayne and scotty are not involved and so this one well i i yeah. i always I, you know now that we know that dot's pretty capable i'm like less worried about her safety knowing how dangerous she might be but then when you add wayne and scotty into the mix as being like fully involved in this whole thing um and the payoff to not just the sledgehammer but also the electrical wiring being mm -hmm. put at the, the windows and such um i thought it was a pretty effective opening to the show i don't know what what do you make of this opening home and yeah, I really liked it too. Like similarly, like, you know, much like with episode one, like we were seeing dots, you know, for playing like you know, quick thinking in episode one here, like for playing things like putting the, you know, the baking tray like full of water in the oven to like set off the smoke alarm and kind of create distraction and confusion. Um, you know, having like set the ladder in the laundry chute so that she can get from the basement up into the rest of the house and move around, um, you know, like very like 
well-planned, well-coordinated for, from her perspective, but it all goes completely pear-shaped when you add in, you know, these other factors of, of the rest of her family that she obviously wants to prioritize, wants to make sure is safe, can't just be like collateral for her own getaway. But because of her choices of like keeping as much as she has from them, especially from Wayne, like it creates a loose cannon that she can't account for. Um, and understandably, <laughs> Wayne is completely like out of his depth, confused. And even as she's telling him where she wants them to go to kind of keep up the maneuverability of her plan and sort of the safety of her plan, like his panic, like undoes it all and they have to, you know, completely flee and it creates an even bigger problem with him getting <laughs> electrocuted and nearly killed when she just shoves him off the roof it's like <laughs> so brutal. oh dear oh dear <laughs> um so we're gonna then get two follow-up scenes particularly one with with dot and scotty where dot's gonna say this is where bad things don't happen to good people but sometimes accidents happen we have to lie Scotty being like, yeah, he ran into the bushes when he was a zombie. Like that's how, and, and, you know, just, you know, like daughter, like mother, I feel like in the mm. scene where she's like picking up um, these skills that her mother has, obviously she's still a child. And I'm, <clears throat> I love dot. I think dot is um, uh, just as a, like a, you know, a, a smidge of a spoiler. She doesn't have a ton of votes, but in the year end countdown, She's getting a lot of votes. We're doing, we have best new character, which is the one we did last year. And Dot has, you know, a couple of votes there. <clears throat> and um, I love her as a character. But I I did come into the show thinking that she might be much more of a uh, a wholesome protagonist <laughs> that she <certainly laughs> turned out to be. And so this scene and then the scene with Wayne where she gaslights mm. him, where she's like, no, no, that didn't happen. Like, you don't you remember? You went to turn in the lights and then you got electrocuted. It's pretty like, I don't know. She's obviously trying to like protect them from something. And so Austin, I, I do feel like four episodes in, <clears throat> there's a lot more to go, six episodes left. So we're not even quite halfway. Do you have any theories on, you know, obviously Roy and Nadine were married, but to the extent that like she, I do, it just feels like there has to be more and maybe there's mm -hmm. not, but this idea that she needs he needed to get out of this relationship that obviously would be awful to be in but i i feel like you know it feels like there's one more sledgehammer to drop you know in terms of like something yeah. about nadine's history that makes it more than just she left roy even if that was an awful situation because that to me would like would say why wouldn't you tell anybody like you you know mm -hmm. i needed to leave and i needed to, to start this new life and so it feels like there has to be one more thing i think that is like you know shady background information about dot when she was nadine that sort of like fills in a little bit of the gaps here yeah i think we've got like some like i i fully agree like there's clearly something else here like for like the the degree to which dots keeping uh, you know, keeping secrets, um, you know, gaslighting her husband uh, to to make sure that that information isn't known, even like within her like closest family unit. Like it'd be one thing like to be like, I don't want to like involve the the law enforcement, especially given Roy's also involved in the law enforcement and not trusting that and, system. And we see the um, FBI go like, we got to we yeah. got to like do that. And the, the guy, the judge is like, yeah, maybe not. Like maybe that's yeah. too dangerous. So like the idea that like, Nadine might have seen some of this stuff that were like, she does not trust that anybody can take down Roy. Fair enough, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so, but then it's the question, like, well, why isn't she telling Wayne? And like, well, to a degree, like, we've also established, like, in episode one, like, Wayne kept telling his mother about stuff that Dot clearly didn't want told. So, like, can she trust him to keep quiet and not in his own, like, well-intentioned way tell the cops what she tells him because he's concerned and doesn't really know how to handle it the way that she is. Um, but, you know, this, I, I feel like there has to be something else here. And I think like the little seeds that we were getting, like from that FBI scene about the fact that there are not just one, but two wives <laughs> of Roy Tillman yes. that have gone missing, um, that he has explicit ties to, uh, you know, the most powerful militia in the Midwest, I think is the way they described it. Yeah, Like, uh, you know, and with Dot's very clear, like, awareness of, like, uh, weaponry, of, like, home defense, of, like, all of these sorts of things, like, was she more involved in that, like, militia space than than we know at this point? Was she even an active member of that? Is she connected to, um, I think it was Odin, the guy who showed up wanting wanting guns and, and right. everything from Roy a couple episodes ago? Like, is she more embroiled in that stuff before she made her break? Um, and that's part of why she's uh, unsure. Or is it just the the manner in which she lived as Nadine? We don't obviously know like how much she kind of like you know sort of fostered in that environment. But like, is it just a byproduct of growing up in that environment that she is like inherently distrustful of the law enforcement outside of uh, that space? That she is inherently like a I need to do it myself. We get. Uh, uh, Lorraine talking about, you know, Americans don't want a handout. They want to fix it themselves. And is this very much like the way that Dot's been sort of raised in her ideology of like, I need to do this myself in order to be able to be safe and have control of the situation such that I can feel free and comfortable and safe. Yeah, I think that there's certainly the chance that the idea, it's it, you know, it's the cops and then it's also Lorraine who doesn't like her anyway. So there's no reason in your point about Wayne is a really good one in that like he's he spilled the beans before. And so in terms of really the cops not wanting the cops involved, I do think there's like this other piece here where I, I hope it's more than this. But this idea that whatever she was involved with in the past might, you know, could potentially lead to her literally being arrested uh, like or, mm-hmm. or being, you know um uh having to like sort of pay for for what she might have been involved in in the past and now that she doesn't have sort of the safety of being under Roy Tillman because we see that that comes with a level of protection um that that is the fear but i'm yeah i'm like sort of just like desperately waiting to figure yeah. this one out we talked we did a i believe it will come out on friday but we did sort of like mystery shows of 2023 and um uh certainly was more focused on murder mysteries but this is you know up there for me as like this is so intriguing i think dot is such a mm-hmm. fascinating character and i so desperately want to know um what the deal is with nadine and why she left why she left roy yeah yeah it's 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 very intriguing yeah and you know it, i like hate that i love dot and i and then the scene with scott it feels <laughs> so bad and she's like you know the kingdom of heaven will be our reward um it's a really brutal scene to watch and to keep rooting yeah. for dot as she's like you know doing what she thinks she has to to protect her daughter but it's like boy this is a bad look it's not great yeah 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 like uh it, like you know uh, this like it said it was such an interesting scene because like there are points where like it feels very like naturally like motherly in terms of like the the assurance the like you know i think even things like you know, i think she says something along the lines of like uh like bad things don't happen to good people and like kind of like trying to like 
you know, assure and like imply like we're going to be okay. You know, we're ultimately good people. We're, you know, the, the, the wicked walk in the shadow so that we can stay in the light and that kind of thing. But the more like you kind of like interrogate like what she's saying, even aside from the outright lie of like, let's establish our alibi here. Like the more it feels like it's like, is this really like Dot's perspective or is this just Tillman-esque like doctrine that she is like spouting back off? Because again, like that's what she's familiar with like deep in her past. Um, that just sort of feels like a little bit off. Doesn't really feel like her. It feels like like recounting something that she's been taught or told in the past and maybe kind of believes and maybe kind of doesn't. It's it's very unclear exactly where she lies to your point earlier of like, what is her real motivation here? We still don't really know all the pieces of the puzzle that make her her. I also, the religion playing a role in season five here is something that I, mm. you know, I didn't really have tapped uh, into it earlier in the season. Um, really, we do get last week, obviously, the 500-year flashback, and the, that is inherently religious, the idea of, like, uh, the sin eater in which you are, like, literally eating the I guess you're not literally eating the sins, you're metaphorically <laughs> eating the sins of of, of the wealthy. Yeah, they taste like chicken. Yeah, and I assume, you know, I, I, I do have a lot of, like, uh, Munch's uh, monologue here um, uh, transcribed, which I think we'll get into, but, you know, very obviously, like, many times we've been seeing Roy sit in a church, and we know that Dot and Roy were, you know, there, there's also, like, a religious aspect to, like, the idea of, of marriage, right? Like, so you get married mm -hmm. typically in a church by a priest, you know, they're the ones who, like, bless it um and and that's who, who that's who marries you and so this idea and so early on there was all this idea of like um keeping your end of deals like that's a big theme in episodes mm -hmm. one and two in terms of roy being like nadine didn't keep her end of the deal uh obviously they want to kill munch because he doesn't hold up his end of the deal and he's trying to like renegotiate um love gator saying like oh she is a tiger at the end of the episode <laughs> we took it all we brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. 
So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And then, uh, yeah, and so I think it's really interesting. Like, we first see Roy this episode where he's talking about being at a crossroads. And the serpent tongue, a very, like, religious uh, some religious imagery there as well. Um, and going home, I, I was not able to do, I searched many reviews of this episode to see if I could figure out the symbol. I don't know if you've, have you, did you have any luck? Yeah, no. No luck dice. whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, super intrigued by that. But I just, I just think like, again, this idea that dot is like using like the kingdom of heaven will be our reward. I wonder whether we're going to come into, it's going to play that like, you know, I could certainly see a flashback scene where like, basically he's telling all this information to dot and it just took her a really long time to realize like oh that's you you are the person who walks in the dark i like you know i'm the light and i need to leave so i could certainly see like this th like so interestingly this person she's running from who is trying to kill her or kidnap her or whatever bring her back she is potentially this is somebody who's given her this language that she's then uses as she's is protecting her daughter in maybe not like not that her and Scotty is equivalent to Roy and her, but it's just very intriguing to me. Uh, I would imagine we'll get more insight there. Yeah. And I think it's, it's very like telling the, the, um, you know, we're, we're dealing with these sort of stories of, of liars, essentially of like covering up the truth, like, and, and trying to, you know, as we kind of get played for a joy, like create their own reality <laughs> like right. here as, as Dot's trying to do. And like the episode is called Insolubilia, which is uh, you know, a term for uh, like medieval theories trying to solve the liar's paradox, which is oh. essentially the idea of like if you uh, if you say you're a liar, then you can't be a liar because you'd be telling the truth that you were a liar. Um, and so it kind of creates this mm. paradox of like, what is the purpose of lying? How does it relate? If you know someone is untruthful, then like, can you? really trust even the things that they are saying are truthful are they actually true or not and it creates this whole whole paradox and insolubilia is this sort of like ways of trying to like resolve this both sort of philosophically and in terms of logic um so i think it's really interesting that we're dealing with that so much this episode in the way that dot's just diving further into this you know web of not even lies but just like denial <laughs> um, hey, as someone who's uh, extremely stubborn, kind of, kind of hyper relatable <laughs> content to watch. Dot just be like, no, no, it's fine. Like I don't know you. It's like we've definitely met. You're like in a very intense situation. He's like, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> no, I think you're remembering I think you're wrong. wrong. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's like, I need to be about, with yeah. my husband. He's not yeah. here right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, yeah. Um, let's talk about um, our, our cop uh, duos. Mm. We actually have like a pair of cop 
pairs um, in which we have uh, Wit Far and Indira um, who are looking at the security footage of the gas station. They've kind of like paired up. I am super glad that the, like the idea that they cannot get on the same page is not a drawn out story. It, it's so frustrating mm -hmm. in shows where you're like, just call each other. So the fact that they're just yeah. like hanging out watching security footage after like the photo gets deleted a few episodes ago, I'm like, okay, this is good. I, I like this. Uh, but Indira has sort of an issue of her own that she has to deal with that is sort of looming over her head in the form of a deck collector. I was like, oh, she's going to have like, you know, this awful medical debt. And it is awful medical debt as, uh, you know, I'm neither of us are American. And so like, yeah, we, I think like, you know, we don't have, well, oh, I have a really good pun. Hold on. Unlike her husband, we don't have skin in the, no, just like her husband. <laughs> we, we don't have skin in the, <laughs> that's it, right? Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Cause he gets degloved, which, uh, if you want to Google it, you can, but it's disgusting. So, uh, just mm -hmm. imagine what degloving might mean in the context of not having skin in the game. I think that's kind of it's like again the dark comedy of Fargo. To be, I'm like, oh, she's gonna like she's gonna have to had surgery or she got in a car accident or she had cancer. It's like no, her husband <laughs> had a degloving incident. It's so like it's just like what a buffoon her husband is. Um, mm -hmm. I love it, but I I did love the overlay of like Lorraine kind of like talking about it, and then and we cut to like Lorraine deals in like debt financing this is her like this is how they make money uh and the way she's just spinning this thing where the guy's mm -hmm. like but but you call them you're the ones who like make make them pay their debt she's like no, we offer solutions i love this like whole mm -hmm. back and forth and definitely it's a thing to throw on the table for indira that i think uh, certainly feels like potential blackmail potential like ways in which she is going to be used against her will because she's stuck in this unfortunate situation because of her idiotic hus golfing husband oh. Yeah, jeepers, freaking Lars. Uh, we haven't seen him since episode one, and I'm still, yeah. <laughs> still irate about that guy. Um, but yeah, like I, I think it was a really interesting, like little like extra seed for for her. Like I, I liked what you guys were talking about on on the podcast um, about the fact, like by comparison to previous seasons, like our sort of central like uh, law enforcement uh, officers, like Indira and, and with like are much less like at the forefront of the story. But I do like this like little detail that we're getting about Indira. Um, it ties really well into the things you were just talking about of like deals and what you owe um, right. very explicitly, uh, the ideas of debt and what that sort of forces you to do or puts you in a position to to make decisions that are maybe against your your better judgment. Um, but what I really love about Indira is like even though all of that is like looming over her, we're still seeing her do like very diligent, very driving work alongside Wit to like put the pieces together. But it's uh, going to be very challenging for her because she has a very uncooperative <laughs> victim here um, that she's trying to, you know, resolve. Um, and I'm hopeful that they'll get around. They'll they'll sort of solve it by the end of it. Uh, most of the time, I think uh, we kind of get a sense that the the sort of the the good uh, the good cops, so to speak, in in Fargo do tend to come out relatively on top, but not necessarily you know, with their hands clean or with uh, everything kind of resolving in their favor. Two so cops and two FBI agents feels like... Not all of them are making it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we also yeah. have these FBI agents who basically... So these two scenes, the one where we cut from Indira to Lorraine, where she's being interviewed about 
the, the family business. And then as the two FBI agents are trying to convince the judge to sign off on this order, I thought it, this, you know, these are such commentaries on America, <laughs> you know, of like <laughs> this is set in 2019, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the most, it's, it's the, the most modern season of Fargo we have. And so I, you know, I talked about this about how, like my thing was, I actually wondered whether with Fargo this season, whether they were going like the reason to sort of have like Witten and Dira are there, but they're not these like central figures. And and, and that's because I, I wonder whether there's a worry about like commentary on policing in America. And then last mm -hmm. week, like Lorraine is just like, well, yeah, you guys only police the others. And then we we're free, right? So it's like, oh no, they're totally like leaning into it. And then we get these two scenes, which is like one where like Lorraine is like, it's very American to pay your debt. <laughs> and then, and then, yeah. And then the judge being like, uh, yeah, I'd rather like know that Roy Tillman is out there. And like the, the, the scariest part is like who fills a power gap, like the chaos is a ladder yeah. theory. Like you can't until we know basically what would happen that like, there's no, nobody will fill that power void. It's worthless to basically go after Roy Tillman, which they, the FBI is like firmly disagree with. And obviously we'll keep like working to investigate it. But I just thought these two scenes that are almost back to back um, mm. uh, are really interesting, like commentaries on Americans, which is two non-Americans. Uh, let's yeah, chat about perfect it. <laughs> people to, <laughs> to break this down. Yeah. I, I, I really love that. Like, I, I love this sort of like positioning of, uh, you know, uh, this commentary of, of these like FBI agents who are clearly uh, going to keep poking their nose into this now hobby of theirs, wow. uh, especially after they like find the connection back to Dot. And th these, you know, uh, like who is it here? Like uh, Joaquin and, and Meyer, like they, they are definitely going to be collateral by the end of yeah. this. They are, uh, do not feel like they are long for this world. But like, I think it's really notable that, you know, we've already established that Lorraine like doesn't want feds involved. Yeah, um, I, I think I think much like Roy's nipple rings, these two are mostly for show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. True. Uh, okay, so in between, I I do really Lorraine is easily one of the most hated characters I've ever seen on television. The scene where she comes in and she's talking to Dot about the fact that the house is on fire, and she's like, "You set it on fire," and then the cops come in and they're like, "Miss Lyons," and the the way that she keeps being like, "Yes," and then they're like, "No, no, the other Miss Lyons," and then and then when the cops come in. And they're like, we're here. And she's like, ah, great. You're here to arrest my daughter. <laughs> Sorry, my daughter-in-law or whatever is so funny. And they're like, no, no, we're just like, that's not really like how it works. Like we probably have to like do an investigation. I just thought Lorraine oh. and the way she's like, I'll watch my granddaughter's dots. Like, can you please watch her? The Snickers for, for breakfast or whatever. Like all of it. I just thought it, I thought it was so funny. I, I, it's so dark um, comedy, but, and Lorraine is yeah. so hateable, but. It's just working for yeah. me. Yeah. Asking the nurse for like that they're waiting for service. Oh yeah. And then she's like, get her fired. Call call the board of directors. Yeah, get her name, get her fired. Like she's just such a uh, an absolute monster of a person. Like I, I've seen like lots of like comparisons. Like she's like Lucille Bluth in a like much less funny like, yes. story here. It's like yes. absolutely like, well, you know, it's a you know, banana. What could it cost? Ten dollars? Like $10. it's that kind of energy. For yeah. sure. But like, I, I think she's a really interesting character to have in the mix here because she is so like immovable as a, as a character. Like there is, you know, no real like nuance. There is no empathy for this character. She is just an awful person. Um, but that immovable object in, in this story here where, you know, we've established like she doesn't want feds involved. Feds are coming in. She suspects that 
Dot is you know up to no good, but like is expecting not what is actually happening, um, like that confusion and complication. On top of all of this, uh, you know, the thematics around you know the, the debt that she uh, you know takes um, when we're dealing with so much of this story about like what's owed and what's deserved. Um, yeah. I'm really intrigued to see what her role will be in in the long run. I'm I'm not convinced that she's going to be one of the bodies that gets piled up throughout this season, but I mm-hmm. think that she is going to cause a lot of problems by being this like very like staunch figure. Uh, in in our repertoire. What I think is really interesting about this episode is that, like, as much as she's, like, she's, this is, like, uh, I, it's, like, when you're playing, like, a game of, like, Mafia, and you're the you're the bad guy, and then you, you kind of, like, get, like, like, removed from the game, even though you didn't do anything wrong. You're, like, like or, like, I don't know if you played, like, Among Us or any mm-hmm. of these games. Like, I yeah, play yeah. with Puya sometimes. And, like, when you're the bad guy, and then someone will be, like, Oh, I think it was great. And then you get voted out and you're like, but I know I'm bad, but I actually didn't do anything wrong. Like this sucks. This sucks. Yeah. So I feel like with the rain, she's like, she's right, but she's, she's wrong. Like she's, she's, mm. she's right. that dot is like all of this, this mess that her son is being like wrapped up into is all dots fault. Like it, it to do, like, yeah. we don't know how much empathy we can give to dot for it happening. This is the thing that I feel yeah. like this is where I need that shoe to drop. But for the time being, like, she's pretty right that like she's, she's not right that it's like a whole, you know, extortion attempt, but she's right that like dots putting both of her, her son and her granddaughter in, in, in physical danger. So like, you know, she's kind of, and it's awful and it's the way she's going about it. So um, that's what I find most interesting to think about her. And yeah, I think she is going to be this like, you know, thorn in their side is this like other, there's the, the cops, obviously like two groups of cops, like who are seemingly on dots like tail and trying to figure out what's going on. Lorraine is also trying to figure that and then interestingly doesn't want the cops involved. So mm. kind of fun. Um, uh, you made a really good point. I want to talk about old Munch, who's in the bathtub. Uh, freedom is a potato. I again, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But last <laughs> last week we did there's the Sin Eater stuff and there's the supernatural element to the show. And you made this like such an excellent point in the Discord that I would love for you to like tell the audience about which is essentially why the supernatural works for you in a show that otherwise is like pretty grounded in reality yeah so what i what i really love and this was kind of like uh epiphany moment for me watching the show last week but like why do i like not get bothered by the show breaking its um you know, sort of uh reality <laughs> to kind of add in ufos and and ghosts and like and the uh, idea that munch could be a 500 year old well yeah 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 Im- immortality like why why is this something that like that works for me and the more i was sort of thinking about it, i was like well at the end of the day like the entire show like always begins with like four lines of text on the screen the first of which is like this is a true story um and the key word there being story like this is uh you know purported to be like something that really happened this is you know uh you know purported to be a uh uh you know a real occurrence but the way that real occurrences get recounted get uh collected get mythologized is through eyewitness accounts and what is true to you uh as a as someone that was involved in an incident may be different to someone else who has a different version of the truth, a different reality, a different perspective. And so for me, when I'm looking at the the supernatural in this space, and specifically with someone like uh, Old Munch here, uh, like he may be a 500 year old 
Sin Eater. He may just be a random person who spouts off, or he himself believes himself to be a, you know, uh, reincarnated Sin Eater from, from Wales uh, centuries ago. Doesn't matter. If Gator Tillman, uh, you know, has run into this guy who is terrifying, who's left blood on his, you know, uh, uh, you know, like uh, stepsister's walls, like, you know, is like left a knife in this, uh, you know, uh, in his uh, partner. Like, if he thinks that this monstrous figure is a, you know, a legend of the past, the then that's man. his truth. Yeah. That's, yeah, the Midnight Man. Like, then that is his truth. That is his story. And that is what we are collating here. You know, at the end of the day, this story is being told out of respect for the dead exactly as it occurred from the perspective of the people that are encountering it. And so, you know, if, if you know, in season two, Lou Solverson believes he saw a UFO uh, over Sioux Falls, then that's what happened, uh, it, regardless of whether it is actually the objective truth. And I think that is a really interesting, like, theme throughout all of Fargo is, like, perspective and what people believe um, and believe to be true about themselves and others. And it's really coming to the fore this season with how much we're dealing with like the idea of like lies and, you know, you know, the way that we tell our own story and say who we are, you know, purport things, manipulate others into believing things. Um, yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about like the scene at the end with, with Roy that I think has some really interesting parallels to what we got with Doc this episode as well. But in terms of the supernatural, like it's all just about like what people believe. And so it doesn't matter if it, it actually is real or actually happened, if that's what people believe happened. I love that so much. It's such a good, it's such a good explanation for why um, there can be supernatural elements in the show more than just like, I don't know, because that's the show it is, you know, uh, this idea of this thing that we, yeah, as you said, we see it every single episode is this is based on a true story and the idea. And also I was trying to, I've looked back to see like, oh, does Peggy die in season uh, two? Because then we can mm -hmm. be like the, the, the things that have not been changed are the things that people who, right. Cause it's like out of, out of respect mm -hmm. for the dead, everything else is, is, is exactly how it's Told exactly as it occurred. Yeah. So, but now I'm like, maybe now I'd be interested is the opposite because Peggy does live, I believe at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. It'd be interesting to see if like, and then the reason why things, you know, anyway, I guess it doesn't uh, like that, where, where the, like where yeah. the, like the, the untold stories like exist, like are those yes. the ones that are more mythologized or more like, you know, why like some of the characters that die are either like really perfect um, or right. really awful and kind of like get right. exaggerated and that kind of stuff, like is the show itself like monitoring that meta or are we just kind of playing in like the patchwork of you know all of these eyewitness accounts being put together and then on top of it we're then telling a story about it and so yeah. it's going to be further a, a, a sort of uh, exaggerated extrapolated told even if it is exactly as it occurred yeah so I love that uh, so so Munch is in the bathtub and he goes on this like spiel about basically the thesis of this, as I understand it, is like kings want to own everything and can basically change the rules to make sure that they own everything, right? Um, and that if they can't own anything, then like their 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 freedom is limited. Like they've been, you know, mm -hmm. they've been anointed by God, um, and uh, that their freedom should be free, that it shouldn't have cost, but actually there is a cost, and it's always death. Um, and that it's a life for a life. And so this was just me or you. And this is where he looks at his mom. But this feels like him saying, like Munch saying, like, it's you or me, right? Like one of us is done. You owe me. Uh, and mm -hmm. I know, like, as long as I am alive, I will not, uh, as long as uh, you're alive, like, I won't get paid. And as long, you know, whatever, whatever the, the deal is here. Um, but some like, 
yeah, philosophizing about kings here from from Old Munch in the bathtub. He's not very doing a very good job of cleaning himself off, I must admit. But yeah. <laughs> it's clearly not the purpose here. This particular uh, moist repose. Uh, and I just uh, say, I, I, this is so much about ownership too, right? Uh, everything mm -hmm. they want, they call their own. They just say, if they want it, they say, well, that's mine. It's my property. I'm a king, so I get it. And you don't get it because I'm the king. Um, so we're we're back into like deals and ownership and you know yeah. your end of the bargain. And yeah, and it's so like clearly, clearly like ties back to like you know this like you know mythology of like the Sin Eater stuff, like the medieval yep. uh, sort of era of you know like you know the freedom for like the poor at the time was a potato, <laughs> like you know. Yes, but now right. like everyone like everyone is can be a king because everyone has much more, everyone wants much more, and so it creates much more conflict because now it's not as easy as just one person saying hey that's mine i want that but if other people put claim to it now there is conflict and now there is like a you know a tension there um yeah it's it's all like very disorienting very confusing i feel like it's hard to hear <laughs> it's hard to hear <laughs> yeah i'm like rewinding this and i'm like give me the closed captions i'm you know uh. <laughs> uh yeah but it's i feel like it's so it's so like intentionally like uh like alienating right like as you're getting like the like with you, when you get the cuts like he's actually talking to uh quote unquote uh mother um who i i'm convinced like is just like a random woman whose house he's just like taken up what do you want in. why are you here <laughs> pancakes, pancakes. <laughs> did you notice gator calls nadine mama uh, at least once did i did notice that, that. yeah um, so motherhood again yeah, I think a theme here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. yeah still, not, still not convinced that, like, he is, uh, that she is actually, like, no, blood I don't. related to him yeah. by no. any stretch. They seem no. too familiar with each other and too similar in age, <laughs> I think. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, yeah, like, with, with Munch, like, I think he's intentionally being positioned, like, more and more as this just, like, force of nature. Um, like that you don't understand, you can't really comprehend, like, okay, he's like wandering into someone's house, like leaving some sort of pagan symbol in blood over the, on the walls of like these two twin daughters. <laughs> like, you know, he's clearly like a dangerous figure that makes no sense. Um, and that's also something like that Fargo has also played around with a lot as well. Like, even going back to someone like Lauren Malva was very much positioned as this like force of nature, this like animal, this like, uh, like bestial force of like hunger and death um that lauren malva was the one was my comp for him like i feel like he's just like hmm. quintessential season one like lauren malva this like pretty evil man who just like will do anything munch feels very much in that vein yeah and i think the interesting thing here is that like munch by comparison is like the the threat to like probably if we're if we're sort of like ranking all of our characters here like our biggest villain is probably tillman <laughs> like it's probably roy but like munch is an antagonist to him um and so there is a potential here that munch and dot end up in a position where they are aligned or working towards the same goals um or they get in each other's way because everyone is wanting the same things but are each individually wanting it to be theirs um and i think this could very much be a story of like where there's all of these pieces of the puzzle that could have resolved the situation you know with much less bloodshed but because everyone's coming at it from their own individual angles that's what creates the the problems and the ultimate like falling apart of this 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 story um all right so then we get this last final scene where roy's gonna go to joshua the man that he had like 
threatened earlier and and told uh, Joshua's uh, wife to make sure you take care of him. It's like a, this is the check-in. This scene, uh, um, again, I think like there's two big themes out of this episode where I feel like there is the continuation of the like the deal and the and ownership and like what you owe. Mm. And then there's this like piece that's like fully again, a huge critique of America where it's like, he's like, did you know that my grandfather was named Roy? It's an awful name and I don't really want to say it, uh, but essentially mm-hmm. the idea that he had killed many indigenous people and uh, that he lost here and he earned four medal of honors. Uh, mm. And that's how America celebrated a man who killed the indigenous people of, of the land. Uh, Roy literally says he was one of the good ones. Um, and that he then will call Joshua like, you're not, you're a waste of skin. You're defective. Um, and, uh, and then we get sort of this standoff where Roy ends up coming out up front. He calls Joshua a paper airplane in the rain is what he does. Uh, mm. And then, and then we learn that like part of this might be a little bit of a setup uh, where like, I love that uh, Roy is like knows for sure that Gator did not bring the team. It's like, how did it yeah. work, huh? Like, uh, okay, yeah, I fi- I kind of figured. And then this idea that this is uh, basically they can imply that this man is the man who killed uh, Gator's partner, and so that they can like get the heat off of them a bit as they continue to try and find uh, old much. So yeah. Uh, yeah, and then he rides off in the sunset. Yeah, yeah, like it was a really interesting like uh, you know, same like yeah. You know, the more we say of, of Roy, like the more like terrifying he becomes, um, just in terms of his his coldness, his uh, you know quiet uh, sort of control and, and power in his uh, in the way that he speaks. Um, you know, the, but the the way that this like whole thing like sort of ended with his um, like conversation with Lenore and being like, you know, it's like the you know what happened here? It's like, you know, he came home, like, you know, ranting about, you know, uh, boasting about like killing a state trooper, um, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, you know, and like, you're a friend now. And like the Tillmans like look out for their friends and just like, there was just something about like that whole, like just recontextualizing of what the truth is. Like, obviously for, for Roy, it's a very active thing to cover up uh, and like get the, the feds off their, their tail and give him room to do his own thing. But like it still like had just enough resonance to like the the um the aftermath that we saw with with Dot in the hospital with both Scotty and Wayne of like no this is what happened like this is the reality that we are working with this is how things transpired um like in a way that benefits me <laughs> um even at the cost of, of you and obviously like it's much more like sinister with roy as he's like sending everybody of you know to be fair an abusive husband um but like nevertheless like this like very intense like scene of violence um but yeah there was just like an interesting parallel there i thought between these two characters that are like diametrically opposed in terms of our investment in them yeah um yeah, the other piece too is like, yeah, as you said, that like uh, Roy here gets scarier and scarier. He also has never been mad. Like, he's like clearly like yeah. frustrated with Gator, but he's not even like, he's not even mad. Like, he doesn't, he never, he, it's such an interesting villain arc of like this guy who's pretty calm and collected the entire time. And it's a, it's all these like other stuff that's happening. But even that doesn't seem to like bother him that much. It's a man who feels like, I don't know, I guess it comes back to this thing of like what he's owed that he feels like mm. I'm not going to get got by the midnight man. Like I, I, I'm i impervious yeah. to all this. I'm invincible. Like I, I, I do not deserve to die. And, and this, but like 
he's very close to getting shot by Joshua. And obviously he's like a better gunman than that guy. And he can like read him and he wins the duel. But like that guy has a gun pointed right at him. And uh, yeah. you know, he, luckily he's able to, I mean, luckily it's like skill, I guess. So yeah, I think uh, I, I really think that, the, you know, it's interesting that this is where we end mm. the episode on this sort of like spiel from Roy about what it means. Like who's, who's a good man and who's, who's not. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then killing him to cover up this, this piece that, you know, doesn't seem that it doesn't seem like when they're, when the FBI come to his house that they're like worried about old munch. Like it's more that he's like not doing mm. all this other stuff. Um, although maybe he can't stop that other stuff. You know, we talked about when name dropped Odin, I think I could see Odin coming mm. back into play in terms of like, as a, as the FBI is like actively knows that like the militia is such a force that he has. Um, and if the season is going to continue to be very actiony, uh, you know, in terms of like shootouts and, and fights and things, I could definitely see uh, the militia and Odin being um, involved. But yeah, this idea of like, you know, and I love like, yeah, Gator gets in his car, but Roy rides a horse away from this. house, yeah. um, And it's just like such an old school. I don't know. Uh, I'm just like, I, I, I am pretty fascinated by John Hamm and this Roy of Roy in this role of Roy Tillman. Um, and this is where we end, when in the episode and the way that he's like, you know, you're my friend now. Like, I'll help you like money mm. in your pocket. No more black guys. Like you're okay. Which is basically don't go to the cops and tell them I killed your husband. Yeah. Right. So now you owe me. <laughs> you owe me. <laughs> like, yeah. You just killed your husband and you owe me. And I know that guy is like, that guy sucks, but yeah, this girl, this woman should be free. Not stuck. Not like debt transferred mm -hmm. from one man to another. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all like very, yeah. It's like, there's just like so much like resonance to that concept of this, like, character especially like the way that he manipulates the situation the way he holds power in this town like you can see how he's accumulated uh this uh you know this power especially given we also know like that it's generational as well like this isn't like a self-made man as much as he probably would tout that he is like he has been like in this position you know generally generationally like his, his father his father's father have been the sheriff of this um of this area so like he's just someone that is like understandably like mythological uh like in in sort of the the spaces so like you can feel like the weight of him even when he's not in the room as people are talking about him and yeah i'm really intrigued i'm really excited to see where his trajectory goes um and yeah he, he much like much like Aurelian, like a force to be reckoned with in his own way um and i i don't know that we'll see that mask slip and see him be anything other than what we've already observed i also love that he doesn't really do any well i guess he does in this episode i guess this is the first time he's really doing the work right everything else he's been mm. saying later but i guess we do finally see him do it but he's never you know in that situation like it's not like joshua is an incredibly you know at, by the point of like holding a gun at him and being the one to lose in a duel uh he's clearly not the most like you know competent man so the idea when mm -hmm. he when when roy will come up against somebody who is competent either in the form of munch or dot uh or somebody else i think is intriguing um i just i just want because i'm reading through my notes i do my favorite line of the episode might be um i'd like to talk to the head of the department to which dot <laughs> replies which department? <laughs> department it's very good it's very good <laughs> Yeah. it's so great uh yeah. the writing this season has been like incredible like things like you know dot calling wayne clumsical like it's just it's it's beautiful it's beautifully written like this this season yeah. um as much as fargo is yeah um 
All right. Well, I think that that is episode four, unless there's anything else you have in your notes, Austin, that you want to. Uh, I don't think so. It was uh, uh, it was a very much like, a you know, we're, we're moving pieces around the board, but that's so much of what makes Fargo interesting, I think, is like all of the connections between the characters, the way that they intersect uh, often like unexpectedly. Um, and so, you know, we need to sort of build up the web uh, further. So I, I'm excited to see where we go. Yeah. I, again, I think like, I do think this is probably the weakest episode so far. I think that I one, and, one and two are really hard for me to like, like separate and pull apart. Episode one is really strong in my, in retrospect, and but I kind of just feel like all of the stuff that happened in, in week one blends together week two, we get the incredible like flashback scene. And I, I, I really loved it. Um, and the, and the cliffhanger. And then I, yeah, I don't know that the cliff like this, like lived up to like the cliffhanger. It's still a great episode of television. I just think that this one, it's not wheel spinny because I think there's so much to dive into, mm -hmm. like the debt and and owing and the religious stuff and motherhood and all of this stuff. It's like it's in here. I just like I, you know, the the downfall of a show that like airs once a week. I'm like, oh my god, I I need to watch the next episode. Where like a lot of the shows I'm podcasting right now, I'd be like, okay, we finished recording. I'm gonna go watch the next one right now because I have yeah. to mail it to me. <laughs> and that's not the case for the show, which is such mm -hmm. a good thing. But I'm also like, it will be tough if next week if like. We don't get some morsel of like a mystery answered or like progressed, I think. Um, yeah. And that's not like, that doesn't mean the show's bad. It's just like, I'm an impatient television watcher who's, <laughs> who's stubborn, as we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I do feel like we often do kind of get like sort of big pivoting points around like episode five or six in, in Fargo historically. Um, you know, I know like in season one, that's, that's where like we lose like, you know, like, uh, like num uh, is it numbers like kind of goes out like unexpectedly. We kind of like pivot a lot of the, the story is, um, you know, big characters like bite the bullet or kind of get put into really like significant compromising situations. And with a pretty large cast here, like I wouldn't be surprised if we've got some like significant bloodshed in like the next week or two and some like movement on uh on sort of the mystery i think dot's in a really tough spot i feel like it's going to be hard to just like completely like sideswipe her out of getting questioned by by indira I, and wit i feel like what's interesting is the way that dot has potentially set herself up to be pretty insulated from roy mm. and it's not because she's like willing to work with the police that's actually because she's actively working against them so the fact that they're yeah. all like seemingly the fbi like where we leave off is like they're gonna go talk try to talk the dot and so like again if like the the anybody from roy's crew shows up presumably like there's fbi agents there now right so the idea mm. that she's sort of like insulated maybe not like you know in a way that she's like actively working with them but she is kind of like insulated because they're so intrigued but like why would you why would this stop like if they were yeah if she said like, yeah, it was a home invasion and can you find the people who did this? They would be else elsewhere looking for her. But now because like they don't have any information, they're mm -hmm. like in her orbit because they need to figure yeah. out like, this is so weird. So that's kind of fun. And I think very dangerous for many. Like, characters. I mean, yeah, like they're, they're the electric wire right. <laughs> around her, like right. she, yeah, intentionally or unintentionally. She's like, like they're the stopping power, like for the yeah. home defense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So fun. Um, thanks for coming on and talking about the episode, Austin. Thanks for having me. While the cats are away, the tiger will play. Is that right? I don't know if that's right. Um, I guess I know, I'll tigers are cats. <laughs> so it's, I don't know. It, it's, it's not quite not quite working. Okay, it's not as <laughs> so good as skin in the game. It's not as good as yeah. skin in the game or or you know, a nipple <laughs> ring joke. Um, what else are you up to? Where can people find you? 
Uh, you can find me uh, on social media at Austin F. Smith or Austin F. Smith 8. Um, you can find me in the archives of post-show recaps talking about a number of different shows. Um, Grace and I uh, covered Foundation uh, not yeah. that long ago with, with, uh, with DM Philly, which was a wonderful sci-fi show. Very, very different vibe, uh, but uh, great conversations there. Um, yeah, covered Shrinking, uh, Outer Range, Jedi Survivor, all manner of things if you want to hear more of my voice uh, in the post-show recaps archives. Yeah, it's a fun time of year where I do think, like, I do wonder whether people are going back because people will see, like, year unless I know I'm doing this, where, like, specifically if PSR is year end of this, I'm, like, making sure, like, oh, well, I haven't seen that one. So maybe I'll, like, check that out as I have a little bit of time over the holidays. So people do. There's some great companion pods for the shows that Austin has covered, as well as the rest of the shows here in Post Recaps. I'm currently talking about, in addition to Fargo, I'm talking about The Curse with Dr. Amanda. I'm talking about The Crown with Shannon Gus. Movies each week with Ariel. This past week, we talked about Renaissance, the Beyonce film uh, with Matt Scott, which uh, I thought was a five-star movie. I thought it was amazing. Um, and then Full Spoiler Recaps with Jess Sterling. We're talking about a different movie. Also, we actually talked about an Australian show last week, Calling <gasps> from Accounts, which uh, oh, lovely. Yeah, it's airing in a, like it like got added to American mm -hmm. Paramount uh, Plus and, and they were like promoting it as like watch it in America. So we, we covered it. I, I liked it a lot. And season two, I think, is coming hey, not too much that's longer. That's what I heard. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing. You can follow me on social media at High From Grace. We'll be back next week uh, to talk about another episode of Fargo. So, until then, bye bye. Time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say: your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over a hundred social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today! At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch -ch -chumba. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. 
So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.